Sports Pub Podcast. Up next, 21-time PGA Tour winner. Included the 1977 PGA Championship, the 1979 Tournament Players Championship, and a guy that liked to have the money games on Tuesday back in the day leading up to PGA Tour tournaments. So many great stories. 2009 Hall of Fame inductee, Lanny Watkins. Well, Lanny, thank you um, for uh, taking the time to uh, jump on this podcast with me here. Sports Pub, as I was telling you, this is a uh, Sports Pub is in the gambling space. And I know uh, in golf, there's been a few bets made from time to time. Uh, as, uh, as we go back to when you played uh, the Tuesday games, right? The legendary Tuesday games. It started with, with you and Arnold Palmer. Is that right? Well, it was, uh, it was four of us that played consistently. Actually, it was uh, Arnold Palmer, Tom Weisskopf, Bert Yancey, and myself. And the teams were all – somehow they got set up early. It was, it was Yancey and myself mm. playing Weisskopf and Arnold. And we started pretty much in 73 playing. And we ended up playing you know, not just Tuesdays, but at majors we would play Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So we'd play three days uh, – for me, it was really kind of cool. I'd gone to school on a Palmer scholarship at Wake Forest, so I knew Arnold, and I had become pretty good friends with Weisskopf, and we went head-to-head a bunch in 73. He won four or five times, including the Open Championship. I was runner-up to him twice in those wins. I won a couple of times. I think I had 14 top tens that year. Yancey played well. Arnold won a tournament, so all four of us were playing well, so it was uh, – it was a really interesting dynamic uh, having the older guy Yancey as, as my partner, who was a great putter, and you know, we had a we had a standard game. We never even discussed prices. We once we set the game, it, it just played, and it wasn't so much about the totality of the money as much as it was the camaraderie for a guy like me. I'm getting to play with legends. I'm watching them play. I'm learning my craft. Uh, you know, it was very early in my career. 73 was my second full year on tour. So, mm-hmm. uh, it was, it was really neat stuff for me. And, uh, we played for a, a long time. I mean, even up as far as mm-hmm. 1977, the PGA championship, I won at Pebble beach. Uh, three of us played, we added, uh, Yancey wasn't there, but we added Ed Snead to the game. Mm-hmm. So in, in those games, I think it was Arnold me playing, uh, Weisskopf and Ed Sneed on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday that week. So we played for a long time. <laughs> Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of a major championship week. Huh? You guys are oh, out yeah. there. <laughs> so the game, it was a, was it like a, is it a best ball game or did both? Yeah, it, it, well, it was that, that's the thing. It was all encompassing. So we played, we played, it wasn't big. It wasn't big money. It was $20 automatic one down. Okay. So every time, you know, automatic one downs, every time a hole was, you know, won or lost, uh, another bet starts. So uh, not only did we play me and Yancey playing Weisskopf and Arnold, but I played Arnold and Tom the same game, and Yancey played Arnold and Tom the same game. So everybody had three bets oh, wow. of automatic one downs going. So it was we needed a damn accountant to keep track <laughs> of what was happening. Uh, but it, but it, it, it made for a lot of fun. I mean, number one, we laughed a lot. I mean, we became good friends. We had dinners together. We laughed a lot. Uh, I think we all looked forward to it. There was even games, uh, one time at Hilton head, 
Uh, and Yancey and I, believe it or not, we prevailed, I want to say, about 80, 90% of the time. Oh, wow. <clears throat> yeah, we beat them pretty badly. And in fact, one time at Hilton, yeah, we beat them, teed off about 10. We won the morning round. Arnold said we're going to go to emergency nine. We went nine more. Then he said we beat them again. He said we're going nine more. So we played. We ended up playing 36 holes on a Tuesday, finishing the last two holes in the dark at Harbortown. I mean, when the king says you're going extra holes, you go extra holes. <laughs> so Arnold, Arnold loved this this competitive spirit. I mean, it's interesting, like because I, I, as as a fan, right, looking from the outside and and seeing Arnie like everyone else. You know, Arnie was obviously charming, charismatic, kind. He was relatable, good looking guy. The smile. What was he like? Lanny inside well, he was the driving ropes. force. He was a driving force behind these games. Okay. He wanted to play. He loved the competition. He loved giving the needle, and we were all pretty damn good at it. Bert Yancey was surprisingly good at it. I mean, he could wear Arnold out, and Bert made every putt <laughs> that ever existed inside 12 feet. So, I mean, as a partner for me, you know, I could be aggressive, which I was anyway, because my partner was, if he had anything inside 10, 12 feet, he's going to make it for, you know, birdie or par or whatever. So it was, it was, we were a good team. It really was. We played uh, the year that Weiss called in 73 when he won the open at Troon. I don't know why Arnold wasn't there or he, he wasn't in the games, but it was, it was Weisskopf and Tony Jacklin playing uh, Bert Yancey and myself. And we all had, Jacqueline didn't have a good tournament, but Weisskopf won. I think Yancey finished fourth, and I finished sixth oh. uh, in, in that open at Troon. So um, it was it was it was good for all of us. I think it got our game sharp. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you didn't sit out there hitting shots that you th- thought well the whole. You, you were playing aggressive. You were playing like you would in a tournament. So mm-hmm. essentially, I mean, I've always thought to myself. How many times did I have a pretty good week playing and I go the next Monday or Tuesday and play perfect mm. from having concentrated and worked that hard on my game during a tournament? Well, that's essentially what we did in those practice rounds. So when we got to the tournament, we were really ready to go play. So Bert Yancey, for those that don't know, he was uh, he won seven times. Um, yes. Yeah. On the PGA Tour. And he was he was a great putter, as you were saying. Right. I mean, he could really fill it up. Yeah, he was a student of the game. He was he really helped you know, one of the things that came out of that was I kind of became famous later in my career for being hitting driver off the ground, mm. you know, back in the wooden club days and stuff. Well Yancey taught me that shot. And he was he was very adamant that Weisskopf and I, who were not great putters, not not in his realm or Arnold's realm back then, uh, we had bad uh not just set us, but bad routines. So he we he developed a routine for me and Weisskopf both, and, and what we did putting. And I think even if we weren't great putters, the routine kept us in doing what we did. And I think it helped me going going forward. So I think I benefited probably as much as any any of the four of us in those groups playing, just spending time with Arnold, watching the way Weisskopf played, and then learning from Yancey. It, it was it was a great situation for me as as a young twenty three year old. What was the most impressive thing about Arnold's game? I think the consistency of it. He drove the ball exceptionally well. He was a beautiful iron player. Uh, he could work it both ways if he needed to. He played his shot, but he had every shot in the bag if he needed it. Uh, I, I had played a lot with Arnold, and in 74, 
uh, Arnold and by asked me to play as his partner in the Disney team championship. Mm. So I got to play seven straight days of golf programs, the practice rounds tournament with Arnold Palmer as my partner. And I was 24 years old. So that's pretty uh, cool. Yeah. It was unbelievably cool for a guy that had grown up with him as my hero and then yeah. going to college on a, on a, you know, buddy Worsh Memorial scholarship that Arnold started in memory of his roommate that died in a car accident there. So, um, you know, I think I saw that week convinced me just how great Arnold was because when you watch a guy play seven straight days and see, and you're paying attention to everything he's doing, which we were as partners, it, it kind of hits you as to his thinking, his mentality, the quality of the shots he hit, uh, you know, the whole thing. I mean, the way he thought things through. I mean, we we thought things through on a different level, different scale than players do today. We went out there, you know, we were lucky if our caddy showed up and stood up, much less, we, you know, it's like when I do golf telecast today and I watch Bernhard Langer and Terry Holt, they'll talk about a shot for two minutes. And, I, and I've made the comment several times that they just had more discussions together than I've ever had with a caddy and around the golf in my life. And that was on one shot. So, uh, you know, personally, I think they're, they're overrated. You know, you, you have them do what you need them to do. And, uh, I'm, I'm always amazed at how much today's players rely on them that they can't do things for themselves, but you know, it's just, it is what it is. It's, yeah. it's you know, different, different ways of playing the game, I guess. So, <clears throat> but you know, for, you know, we were kind of all encompassing. We did everything ourselves. I mean, yeah. you know, I made my own travel reservations. I did my own dinner reservations up. You know, made the hotel reservations, and you know we didn't have secretaries and teams doing everything. Like I said, you know, we, you talk about the the players today with all their teams and their sports psychologists. I said, yeah, I had a sports psychologist. He's a different guy every week. He was called a bartender. <laughs> you know, that's that's kind of the way we rolled. Yeah. Yeah, I knew I belonged back in the '70s, Lanny. I told I've always told Billy Crouch. I was like, man, I. I belong back in the seventies with you guys. I mean, the way that you guys rolled this, this Tuesday game though, I want to go back to it for a second because as it progressed through, then it became about you and Raymond Floyd, right? That was your partner. Well, it, 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 it took several different things is I played, you know, I mean, honestly, Arnold, you know, went to the, you know, senior tour champions tour, uh, Weiss golf wasn't playing as much and, and Yancey had some issues later on. Uh, and, and wasn't playing much golf. So you know, I liked, I, I enjoyed the games and I developed friendships through Ryder Cups and, and other rounds with other players. And Raymond and I started playing. So hmm. <laughs> we had a, a pretty good run there for quite a few years up around, um, I guess it was probably the 80s or so. I don't, you know, times, <laughs> yeah. years fly by. But Raymond and I played played Nicholas and Hale Irwin a number of weeks. Wow. I even had situations where Nicholas left. I mean, the interesting thing about Nicholas and Arnold, they were both, they were both like, they both wanted the games. They loved giving the needle. You wouldn't think it from either one of them, but they did. I mean, Nicholas left notes in my locker. Hey, I got Irwin. You and Floyd going to show up? <laughs> I mean, in, in one of my files, a uh, letters file, I've even got a telegram, telegram from Jack Nicholas sent me a telegram, you know, saying, hey, we're going to be there next week. You think you and Floyd got enough cojones to show up? You know, I mean, it was it was good stuff. We yeah. played, well, the 83 PGA at Riviera. Uh, the four of us played all three days there, Monday, wow. Tuesday, Wednesday at Riviera in 83 that Hal Sutton won the tournament. Nicholas uh, lost by a shot. 
So we played, you know, played Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday that week. So that was kind of the way the, the games went. We, they weren't just quick one day and out. We When we were into it, we, we stayed in it. And here again, Raymond and I were – pretty much victorious over over Halen and Jack. Wow. We love taking their money. You guys need an accountant. So let me get this straight. So there was a team game, automatic one down, right? So for the listeners, yeah. if when you lose a hole, it starts another game. Yes. So you like can- I was playing Arnold one time and he at, at the PGA in 73, I had beaten Arnold first two days and then pretty bad on the nine holes the first nine the the third day before the tournament started on Wednesday. So he said, I'm crippling the back and add the 18 to it. So we're playing the back side for four units, which is $80. Well, going to 18, I had Arnold six, five, four, three, two, one, and even. <laughs> I lifted out for 29 on the back nine. And, you know, he made a birdie to save himself a couple bets. Mm. So it was, you know, but that was kind of how it rolled. Yeah, every time a, a hole was won or lost, another bet started. How competitive is Raymond Floyd? Raymond's very competitive. He didn't like, he didn't like to lose either. <laughs> you know, he, he was, uh, it was, it was good. It, all the, n- none of the great players like to lose yeah. and, and, and they don't, you know, just bragging rights. You don't, you know, it, it, it th- that was always the cool thing for me. Nobody was ever going to get hurt financially in these games. We didn't right. play for enough to make, it was about bragging rights. Yeah. And, who could give each other the most amount of grief while we're playing? I mean, there was, I mean, Raymond and I played for a while. Then Watson and I started playing at Tom and I went five years and never lost. As a team, you and Watson never lost for uh five years. Yeah. Wow. We had, we, we, we had games with Raymond and a player that I'm not going to name that this player was a, former number one and really, really good player, won majors. And the first time we played him, we beat him pretty bad. And, and Watson gave him so much grief that the next two times we made games with him, there are three of us standing on the first tee and this guy didn't show. Okay. Well, and listening to the stories up to this point, it sounds like you might've made more money in the Monday, Tuesday, no, we didn't make that much. No, we didn't make that much money. I mean, it wasn't, I mean, we're all pretty evenly matched here. So, I mean, yeah. you're not, you know, it's not like I'm going out and playing some guy that's a 10 handicap and playing him straight up. I mean, we're playing, I'm playing touring pros that are Hall of Famers. Uh, you know, we're all pretty much on equal footing all the way up and down the line here of who we played. Uh, so it was, no, I wouldn't say anybody made or, you know, won or lost a lot of money. And yeah. it, it really wasn't, it wasn't about that. I mean, as much as we liked to play and we were playing for our own money, it was it was the idea of who we were playing against and who we're trying to beat, and it, it was making us better players at the time. All right, so let's go young Lanny and let's say Tom Watson. You guys went five years. Let's take it to today's game. Who, who, who do you want on Tuesday? Give me a couple of players in today's game. Coming back, hey, you want a little bit wants, of that. Who, who wants us? You know? <laughs> Who wants to? Do you want to come against me and Tom? Come on. You know, Phil, oh, Phil would be there, right? Phil would be there. Yeah, Phil. We actually played Phil. In fact, that was the one we actually lost to down the road. We okay. lost. To, we lost uh, eventually at Augusta. We lost to Phil and Azinger. And really? we lost. We lost because Azinger hold a five iron at 18 for two. Oh, wow. That was the only way we ever lost. So. From the fairway. Yeah. From you the hold fairway. Up. Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask so you about. That was, 
me ask you about today's game, Lanny. Um, so much has changed. I mean, everything's changed, right? I mean, the only thing it hasn't, you still got to get the ball in the hole, but I mean, the money, the equipment, uh, the courses, you, you talked about the travel accommodations. You guys used to do it all on your own. Uh, what do you, when you look at today's game, what, what do you like about it and what don't you like? Well, I think the thing is the thing I would really like if I was a player would be the money. I mean, it'd be a whole different scenario. Uh, you know, would I like to have won the number of events I won, you know, 30 some wins as a professional and not just official wins, but other stuff at, at today's prices, that would have been, uh, you know, mm-hmm. life would have been a little different in some respects, but I don't think I would change the guys I played with. When I, when I look back at, at playing with, with Arnold and Jack and, uh, you know, Sam Sneed was on tour when I got out there. I played 15 rounds with Hogan. Uh, wow. I mean, playing with Watson and Floyd and, and the guys that I played with, Hale Irwin, uh, great players, great personalities, a um, little bit more individualistic, I think, uh, not as cookie cutter as what you see today. Um, I think that today's – I would like to see some of today's guys play with the equipment we play with. Mm-hmm. And I look back at who the really great players were of our time and think that they would have been just as good with today's equipment. I mean, I sit here and think they talk about hitting it long. I would give anything to have seen Nicholas or Weisskopf hit today's equipment back when they could really hit it. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, it'd be ridiculous. You know, the way they, the leverage those two guys had. So, um, it, it was, it's, you know, there are a lot of things I like about it. I, I hear, I, I think the ball going too far is one of the things that, that, that bugs a lot of us old guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, all you've got to do is look at the driving distances from wooden club days to what they are now. It, it's a joke. Um, I think in some respects, <clears throat> it's taken some of the really great, great design golf courses out of play, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. It seems like, and I think wrongly, that sometimes the only defense they think is to go longer. I always thought, you know, hey, put some rough up, make it tight, make it, you know, yeah. If the guys are hitting at three thirty, make it, you know, bunkers all the way. If a guy can hit it straight at three thirty, then go for it. That's fine, but make it penal. You know, it's got to be, you know, if a guy can only hit it two ninety, two eighty, which sounds pretty long to me, uh, you know, and you've got bunkers in play for them, then they ought to be in play for the guys hitting at three thirty you know, have, give them the same parameters. That's that, you know, that would be what I'd like to see, but, yeah. uh, and that's what, you know, majors do, particularly a U.S. open does with rough or they used to do. So, you know, last week, Kevin Na won uh, the Sony open. Um, and Kevin Na shows up in your group on a Tuesday and he's spinning the seven iron walking in putts. I got to piss you guys off. Any of that, any of those antics kind of irk you a little bit? No, I think we'd be laughing. <laughs> okay. I, I think I, I think it'd be funny. I, we we did. Hey, we did the same stuff. Believe me. Uh, you know, we. Uh, I'm not sure we walked any putts in. Our, our greens probably weren't good enough that we could <laughs> be assured they were going to go in if they were online. So, uh, but yeah, I th- Kevin would have been dangerous in, in yeah. those games because of the amount of putts he makes. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's a trend. When, 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 when a guy can putt, you're, he's never out of a hole in a match mm-hmm. play event. You know, was there any game. was there any hidden rules when you were playing with a partner? Like, don't ever apologize to me for a bad shot like that. You hear that a lot with like amateurs. Like, that's a hidden. Don't apologize. Is there? That's what, maybe that's maybe Ryder Cup stuff. Okay, uh, not in the money games. We we're more likely if if my partner hit a bad shot, I'm more likely to look at him like go what the. 
hell was that? You know, come on, man. You know, I'd give it some of that more than I would. Don't don't worry about it. I got him type stuff. You, you, you know, sometimes you were giving your own partner a little bit of grief. I too. bet. I be, well, yeah, automatic one downs. You know, there's. I look back and when I was growing up and you guys were playing, uh, like there's three guys that I, I don't think I would want to piss off on the golf course. You, you were one of them, Lanny. Like I didn't. I wouldn't want to make you mad, right? On the course. I wouldn't want to make Floyd mad. He kind of scares the daylights out of me. And so does Hell Irwin. Is that accurate? That would be pretty accurate. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone yeah, else? I, Anyone else I, I should say, add? To that? I would say this. You know, Watson would have been in that group. Okay. Yeah, you wouldn't uh uh Watson could get yeah, he could get hot. Um not so much hot. He would stare a hole right through you, though. <laughs> I mean, you know, you, he'd, he'd look in your eyes and he'd be looking out the back of your head. I mean, it's you know, he's kind of one of those guys. Sometimes it was about what Tom didn't say that that, that really worried you. Sometimes, yeah. Wow. I mean, we talk about. I mean, you played with the legends of the game. You're just we're, we're just rattling off Hall of Famer after Hall of Famer. I gotta, I gotta. You played with Gene Sarazen, didn't you? In the Masters, right? I did play with Gene Sarazen in the Masters as my first Masters, 1970. I was actually Watson and I were staying in the crow's nest. Wow. We were amateurs. He screamed bloody murder in his sleep all night long. I, I did Watson. I don't know what you boys are doing in Stanford, but we obviously haven't discovered that stuff at Wake Forest yet. Uh, but he was, I mean, blood curdling yells in his sleep. So um, <laughs> unbelievable. We were in the crow's nest and my first round at the Masters, I got paired with, uh, you paired with, Amateurs back then got got paired with former champions, and I played with Jackie Burke. Uh, and in the second round, I got paired with Gene Sarris, and so it was very, wow. very cool. Wow. Tell me about the Skins game you played with Ben Hogan, where he later did he mail you a check? Is that right? Well, we know we had a we had a standard game when I played with Hogan. They had a guy named Chip Bridges, uh, who was a rep for the Hogan Company, and lived in this area. And Chip was a real good player, and uh, he kind of had the access to Hogan. So we played and, and he got Ben to play. And once I played with Ben once, he liked playing with me and liked the money game aspect of it. And he had a, an amateur who lived in the area, uh, this early eighties, this guy would have been 52 or three at the time named John miles. And John at one time held a course record at Riviera of 63. So mm -hmm. John, John would even play me and Hogan straight up. I mean, so he was a real good player, but, uh, you know, it was, uh, we never played for a lot of money. It was, it was a team game. Bridges and I played him, but we had one day that, that miles had to cancel cause he had a business commitment or something. And, uh, and we played probably a dozen to 15 times together, always at Shady Oaks in Fort Worth. And we're out there one day. So miles didn't show and it's me and Bridges and Hogan playing. And I don't know, we're on 14 or 15. And we're playing a skins game and it was $2 skin. So it wasn't anything, but you, you, when you play with Hogan, it was whatever he wanted to play for. So, I mean, you know, he said, well, play a $2 skin. So we played $2 skin. So I, I didn't care. I was just, I was getting to play golf with Ben Hogan. Yeah. What the hell? So, uh, I, on about 14 or 15, some guy rides up in a cart. He had two things going on that Hogan didn't like on the golf course. He was wearing shorts and he had a beard. And, and he said, Hey, I'm going to join you guys the rest of the way in. And Ben looked at me and said, are you ready to go? I said, I'm with you. And we drove off, left him sitting there. And the guy did not even ask politely if he could join us or anything, just that he was going to just drove up out of nowhere and wanted to get in the middle of our game. Well, 
that wasn't going to fly with Hogan. So we went back to the clubhouse, had a clear drink that we normally had before we headed back to Dallas and um, didn't think anything about it because the game, in my mind, was over. So we didn't get to finish it. So there's no pain. But two days later, I get a letter in the mail from Hogan apologizing uh, for this guy interrupting our game. And this letter is in my Hall of Fame exhibit at, at St. Augustine. Wow. Uh, along with the two, $4 check that Hogan sent me, I was up two skins at the time. So <laughs> yeah, you can't he apologize that, right? <laughs> for the, He said, yeah, and in the letter he says, I've never experienced something like that on a golf course before, and I just – I didn't know what to do except quit. So I, I'm I'm sorry it, it ruined this guy ruined our game. So wow. And he, he you know it was it was funny because it was right about '81 right before the U.S. Open, and he, and he wished me you know said we'll play again soon and and good luck at Marion and in a couple of weeks I know you can win there, which was pretty pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And you got Hall of Fame uh, induction 2009. You can see that World Golf. <laughs> Hall of Fame right there in uh, St. Augustine, Florida. You mentioned yeah. Dallas. I want to ask you one more question before I let you go, because I could basically talk to you for the next three hours and just keep asking you about all these legends. But I want to talk to you about another uh, Dallas player, Jordan Spieth, who struggled for you know the last uh, three years um, now. And you know he's trying to make some moves to get things back in the right direction. He, you know, I think he's working with Butch. Who knows? He's consulting. Maybe you have talked to Jordan. I don't know, but if 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 you were going to, would you? What kind of advice would you get give him to get things uh, back on the right train again? Well, it's interesting. I mean, uh, I do know Jordan. My youngest son Tucker and he's the same age. Grew up playing against each other when Tucker won the Byron. I mean, when Jordan won the Byron Nelson Junior, Tucker was runner up. So they played each other in high school. Uh, I just recently saw Jordan. At Kramer Hickok, who's on tour, uh, yep. Tucker was in the wedding, and Kramer and Jordan was at the wedding. Saw him there, um, and I did read some stuff that he has had. He had Butch look at him uh, more for opinion than to work with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I really appreciate. Uh, you know, Butch Harmon always says and does the right thing. He says he's got a lot of respect for Cameron McCormick and thinks they're doing the right thing and made a couple of small suggestions and I think that was it. So we'll see where it goes. We haven't seen Jordan, you know, this year yet. So we'll see what happens. But um, if he's got enough fight and grit and toughness, which I think he does, he'll get back and he'll be yeah. winning. Uh, he's got too much game not to. Uh, golf games are fixable. Yeah. You know, mental games sometimes are not. I you know, And, some, and I, I went through periods of my own, career that I thought, you know, I can't beat anybody. And it was just, I would go do the work myself on the range and put it, put the hours in and come up with something that I thought could work. And I had to be mentally tough enough to go use it on the golf course and make it work. <laughs> so I, I think if Jordan can do that, he'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, will he ever get back to where he was? Eh, hard to say. Yeah. <clears throat> it only takes one major at this stage for, for everything to be rekindled with him. And, as well as his short iron game is, and as well as he putts, you know, that can happen. So uh, sometimes finding the driver and finding the fairway is one of the hardest things to do. But, you know, I, I think in my mind, if he would go make himself a really, really good driver of the ball, uh, everything else will fall in line, you know, pretty quick. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see if he comes out maybe cutting it a little bit off the tee, you know, and just. Yeah. I don't, I, and I'm not sure that's that, you know, uh, I always felt like good players ought to be trying to hit it straight, you know, mm-hmm. and then, but, but, or, you know, with where his swing is at the top, 
you know, it's in a position that he can move the ball either direction. So I would work on hitting it straight. Mm-hmm. Uh, then your misses are probably not going to be as, as bad. Uh, you know, you might hit a little thin or a little toey and turn it over a little bit. And it's still, if you aim down the center, you might still be in the left edge or the right edge of the fairway. Yeah. You know, why, why aim down one side and put other stuff in play? So, you know, it, it, where his swing is, I think he's got the ability to move it either way. And I would sure do that. Uh, that's, but, you know, I'm, I mean, I know his parents well. I, I actually talked to Sean when his dad when we were at the wedding. Uh, I saw his mom, Chris. So, you know, um, every, everybody seems good. I, you know, it's kind of one of those things. I've always told them that I was there. If, they, if he ever wants to talk, and this is before he was even winning, if he wanted to, you know, ever, just talk about golf, period, right. you mm-hmm. know. But uh, I, I'm not going to insert myself into that conversation yeah. unless you know unless they want. It's kind of like he went to see Butch. Well, if he wants to talk, you know, he can get a hold of me pretty easy. I mean, he yeah. and Tucker, you know, see each other all the time. So yeah, well, I'm I'm cheering for him. I mean, I you know, I think golf misses him. You know, I think he's. Uh, I don't think there's any question. Golf misses him. He's, yeah. he's a really wonderful person. Great family. Yep. Uh, it's you know, it's going to be interesting. The other thing to say that I'm it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out because I think everybody's different, mm. you know, and I'm thinking about how many good young players we had that came out of right out of college, a whole bunch of success with the Spies and Justin Thomas all, you know, they still haven't lived life. I mean, Jordan's gotten married, doesn't have any kids. John Rahm just got married. He's expecting a child Monday after Augusta. Uh, Justin Thomas said, you know, real life hasn't smacked him in the face yet you know, with changing diapers and trying to manage, you know, tour with, you know, maybe a, a wife and kids and nannies and, and seeing just what they're going to do and how you're going to react. And, you know, there's life's pretty simple when you're, when you're a bachelor with a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be uh, interesting. I think some guys out of that group will thrive with it and some may have, have issues, yeah. you know, just like it did. And my, my age group was the same way. I mean, we had guys that, I mean, Johnny Miller thrived, you know, the more kids he had, the better he played. Maybe he felt like he had to, you know, some guys that I thought were really good players, you know, never really saw him again. You know, we were, you know, you'd be friends with them when you first came on tour and maybe you were just married and they were just married and things went different directions for both of you. And all of a sudden they're not around anymore. So it's, it, 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 it's tough. It's, it's not easy out there and managing, you know, is your partner going to be as accepting of, the time that you've got to spend to be great. You know, I always felt like, and my wife, Penny really understood it that, you know, when I went to go work on my game, I might be gone eight hours. This is not a Mm -hmm. two hour deal. Uh, If you want to be a really good player, you've got to be selfish because your window is not forever. You know, your windows when you're healthy and when your swing is good and you've got to, you know, ply your trade at that, that point in time. And, and, you know, your time away from the course is important but, you know, when you're out there, you've got to be 100% focused on what you're trying to get accomplished. Well said. And uh, I think Rory is is kind of feeling that now with the new, you know, married, newborn now and, and, uh, and managing that. Life happens, uh, that's for sure. And um, But I'm pulling for speed. I think um, I think he'll get it back. I, I really do. Get the ball in play. Build some confidence. The genius is in there. I mean, he three, three-time it major only, winner. And i got to tell you this. It only, is, it, it only is confidence is an interesting thing. It's only going to take... Yeah one or two things to happen. I mean, I was really fighting it. I was, when I won the PGA championship at Pebble beach, 
uh, I'd had my gallbladder appendix taken out in 74, and I really struggled after that because I, I came back too early, screwed my swing up, and I was still fighting it. When I won the PGA, I was a non-exempt player. I'd missed top 60 the year before, which was what it was then, not 125. But uh, so I, you know, in winning the PGA, it was like somebody just turned the switch back on. I went and won the World Series of Golf two weeks later at Firestone, uh, by five shots over Irwin and Weisskopf and set a tournament record that stood for 14 years. Made my first mm-hmm. Ryder Cup team a couple weeks later. And then and two two years later in 79, went to L.A. and the players. So now I'm mm-hmm. on my way again. Yep. <laughs> so it's just, just like matter, that. It's just a matter of one tournament at the right time and good things happening to him. And all of a sudden, life you know can can turn on a dime. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's a, it's a funny game. And, um, you were out there a, a long time and I, I have no doubt Spieth will, uh, will get it back. Lenny, I, I really appreciate, um, you coming on the podcast and, uh, sharing these stories. This was a, a real honor and treat for me. Thank you. 